Hello, and welcome to Confidently Wrong, a show by regular dudes talking with confidence about content we have no right to speak about with any kind of authority, but do it anyway. I'm Wesley Nakamura, and as always, I'm joined by Mike Smith, award-winning director Brian Redondo, and Savon Jones, a.k.a. Captain Vani. This is episode 29, and on today's show, we take a deep dive into the first episode of Loki, and we'll bring you a first impression of a potentially revolutionary game in Ratchet and Clank, which was just released for the PS5. I'm confident that this is going to be the best show you've ever listened to, and well, hey, if it's not, you can always ask us for a refund. I think a lot of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Science fiction. Soundtracking? No. Uh, what do you call the music to the show? Mm-hmm. Score. Scoring. Yeah, scoring has uses that instrument because you can f- get, you know, microtonal shit out of it. Microtonals. It sounds oh, painful. Have frets or keys. Mm. Did you say microtonals? Microtonal. All right, let's (laughs) start the show. (laughs) Guys, Loki came out a couple of days ago. What a first episode. I'd call it a banger. Spoilers will be had in this episode. So if you haven't watched Loki on Disney Plus, go watch it right now and then come back to us because we're about to lay it down. Guys, did you enjoy episode one? Were there positives in there? Where there's some negatives in there, Savan, I want to get your neutral milk toast take out of the way. I don't know so. what milk toast means, but it sounds it's boring it's and bland milky toast and, and non-committal. Milky sounds toast. exactly what it means. <laughs> like milk, milk toast, buttered toast, and some milk wouldn't be a bad like snack. Anyways, oh my uh, god, it's like you literally <laughs> like are a caricature of yourself. <laughs> I'm just peak thinking, Savant. like, look like, at huh, peaks of on today, Jess. milk and toast. Like, oh, how'd that go? Maybe some eggs. All right, so uh, Loki episode one. I we're not even gonna s- recap it. These people are watching this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just unclear on where I stand about it yet because you don't say. I watched the trailer. Shut up, okay? I watched the <laughs> trailers. Is just funny. I watched some of the trailers. I watched the first episode. But I guess the big thing was I wasn't sure what they were going for. Mm. Is this lighthearted? Is it a comedy? Is it a parody? Is it a drama? Like, it was hard to set my expectations going in. So I went in mad. Oh, God. I'm not going to say neutral, but I went in very just you know, neutral. neutral. Let's see what's up. Wait and see. You were waiting. I feel like you've forgotten, like, like with all the, the past two shows having such distinct tones. Like, I've, to me, this is the most traditional Marvel tone. It's, like, largely funny with heart and then some, like, drama in there. Like, that yeah. feels weird to you? Because to me, well, that, like, well, weird snapped in that, right into movie mode. Well, it's weird in that they're really exploring some of the way, way, way less grounded aspects of the MCU. We've never had mm-hmm. anything like this where you have a effing office cabinet just casually filled with Infinity Stones like doodads and paperclips, you know? Mm-hmm. And just the nature of that and having this time bureau. But I guess what I'm trying to... This, do and normally i don't have this issue is suspend my disbelief of the idea of a bunch of humanoid time managers and 
like, you need to suspend the, but the fact that, but the fact this that, is that literally you know, a show like, about Marvel well, and video games and yeah, the presentation <laughs> of like the time people suspended. as being like I know, I'm saying the presentation it. of it of being one. like a uh a, a 87 you know that 60s old school vibe almost dingy yeah. DMV type thing is like yeah. I'm I don't dislike it but I'm still wrestling with just how I feel about that aesthetic as a whole because literally you could do any aesthetic because it's not grounded in anything actually it's not really grounded in anything I'm just it's just interesting that that's the vibe they went for because it's almost WandaVision-esque and I'm wondering if that's on purpose they really seem to like doing for that old vintage vibe for a lot of stuff and you know I'm curious can we talk about how good that animated oh. scene was oh, oh so, so good so good dude it i don't know so if i liked funny. it i didn't like it <laughs> i mean <laughs> to me i, I they, get and the they've team. talked about it oh yeah go ahead no go ahead Wes. i was just gonna say like the the director um talked about it a little bit in some of the articles like on hollywood reporter and stuff and she just mentioned that you know it it is definitely inspired by the jurassic park opening um and it oh, okay. it's oh, set, like i think cartoon yeah and it was hand yeah. it was hand drawn for them like they did you know oh, they did it in real? an old school I way that, yeah dude. wasn't computer that. generated and just like a really cool like homage both to like Jurassic Park which obviously is you know kind of a version of sci-fi and and the, like this idea of like messing with time right there but also yeah. you know it just served a, a purpose for them too is that it just downloads a bunch of information to the audience um in just mm-hmm. kind of a fun loopy way to get you caught up on like what the TVA is cuz most people have probably never heard of it um, unless you've been like deep into the comics and stuff. So I just thought that was like a really clever way, but it didn't feel it didn't feel forced. I really felt like, oh, this is cool. Like Loki doesn't know either. So cool I think that out. was the biggest strength of this episode in particular was how effectively they did a shit ton of lore, like past and future stuff in, you know, 35 minutes. Like the TVA, the what are the, the timekeepers, like how this connected to him taking the Tesseract. Like I d- actually didn't leave confused, which after Falcon and Winter Soldier, like was kind of refreshing of like effective world building and kind of setting the tone or the setting the ground for the rest of the show. Brian? Yeah. Yeah, they did it in an entertaining way rather than, you know, kind of tacking it on and somebody just doing a big data dump. I mean, they, they sort of do that with the cartoon, but the cartoon was, as was fun. as previously mentioned, yeah, it was fun. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, I, I love the production design, the that whole, like, DMV timekeeper oh, aesthetic and like, I loved waiting it. in line and having to take a ticket. Um, it's... It was it's it's really like off kilter and draws you into the world rather than going for something that is maybe more over the top and like ethereal. Ethereal. You know what it kind of reminded me of? The Umbrella Academy. It's a yeah. Anna was saying that through the whole episode. This is the Umbrella Academy. Academy. (laughs) Um, And I the other uh, the other thing that I uh, thought is a good point of comparison is uh, the show Maniac on Netflix with um, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Great show. Also really kind of off the wall, weird, weird sort of organization and laboratory type setting. Um, and, and that sort of thing, I think, speaks to the tone of the show. It's like, well, there's this weird stuff happening in the MCU re- related to time and multiverses. Um, but here, let's dress it up in a fun way so that we don't take ourselves too seriously and 
and you can go along for the ride with Loki. I have a thought and a question. The thought is that it's like so clear that this, I don't know if it's just this phase or if it's like the next three phases, but they're, everything is doing multiverse, which like I think is pretty cool. Like Wanda obviously is, Spider-Man obviously is, and now this is like, this is seems like they're doing kind of like the the what would you call it the the housekeeping almost of like having to like lay the foundation for the multiverse stuff to come so oh definitely i'm i'm conti- i'm still excited about that i'm more excited about it now because it seems like they have a very clear idea of how those rules will function in the MCU and i think like if loki can do a good job of not only telling an interesting story but also um why are, Get out of here. And Brian, you want to trade Anna's? Um, <laughs> um, What's up, Anna? Hey, man, I'm not into that. Yeah, yeah. friend of the show, Anna Guno. Um, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I had such a good thought, Anna, and now you just robbed me of it. He didn't. Jesus it Christ. wasn't. Don't worry, Anna. It wasn't oh, no. If they can tell an Can effect, we get the mic if, variant? If they can tell an, an, enter, an enter, entertaining story while also like kind of like setting up the multiverse stuff to come, I think the show will be a success. My question is, how did y'all feel about Owen Wilson? I can't stop looking at his nose. What's up with it? I think it got worse. Is that, is that his actual face or is that the, <laughs> just... A, Oh, for real? Can we write him a fan letter? So, no, that's his actual nose. You know, it's funny. I didn't enjoy a lot of the animation DMV type stuff. I was like waiting for that to be done. Like the whole him being processed. I was like, can we like get to the get to the meat and potatoes of this? Oh, I, I thought that was Owen so important. I, I I just don't think I like the aesthetic and like it's not bad. I, but this is not for me. I love I, Wilson. Watching this, like I had the thought, like I can't imagine anyone else playing this role. Like having seen the way he does it, it just it just works so well. Especially opposite Tom Hiddleston, who I guess we should also talk about because he gave a fantastic performance on multiple different kind of tones throughout that episode. But they play so well against each other. Huge high point. Love that. I could see I could see other people doing it, but yeah, I mean, I think he did a phenomenal job with it. I thought the just the, you know, Savannah saying like, oh, I didn't really enjoy kind of that opening scene or the opening, you know, sequences. But I thought that was so important for setting up how the TVA functions, right? They're obviously going to be a play a big role in this. And I think you're going to, you can see, right, like where in some ways the institution is broken, mm-hmm. right? Just like you're talking about DMV references there. And you're getting to see it without having them tell you it, right? So a lot of this is all show, don't tell. They threw in like these bots, there's some funny jokes. The aesthetic, I think, is kind of interesting as a choice because this this organization or whatever it is, right, is all is about maintaining this like timeline, and they're all seeing and they're all, they exist at all times at, at at all times. But their their decor is stuck in this like time that we think of as mm-hmm. very old and very outdated. Um, and right, that says something about their organization, right? They are not up to date. They are in some ways not not with it. Well, they're kind of of all times, right? They're of all times? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, way, but, right? but um, what I'm saying is like they should be, right? And so you would expect that they would be maybe a timeless classical, classic uh, aesthetic look to them. But 
because of there's something inside them that is not like keeping up with it right like this it's symbolic i think i think it's symbolic you're, of, you're like, saying the vintage presentation and style is an allegory for like hey they're supposed to be time people keeping it up but they're actually yeah. ironically stuck, stuck in a specific phase and style i can agree exactly with that. yeah I, and i, I think that's that. that, that's i, I think, think that's a, that's a specific choice i think they made that choice on purpose um but also it just looks cool right like we like a, like a bureaucratic dmv oh this is just inefficient not up to date y'all never got with the time but if you go to a dmv but, it's very non non-characteristic very now, right? they're very just bland and boring i wouldn't you wouldn't say this is bland and boring right there is a no, clear it's, it's pretty clear ornate. choice these bright oranges yeah. and these colors that they're using it's very interesting to look at it's just it's from a time period that we as americans associate with 50 years ago it's also very uh men in black now that i think about it mm. yeah um and i, I kind of disagree with you about it being like a purposeful a- allegory i think more so than anything else it's just meant to evoke bureaucracy mm. like they they are just functionaries this is their job they're they're just trying to keep things in order and we know as an audience, like things, things are going to get chaotic, basically. Um, and, and that's why that's why Loki is there. But yeah. I, I did have a question about that. Like at the end of the uh, at the end of the, uh, the the animation that explains how how time variants work and whatnot, they say that, uh, you know, if things go off, if variants go off their timeline, uh, it can it can result in multiverse battles war. or danger yeah. multiverse war, war. Yeah. um but they i felt like they didn't really explain that part of it um so so what do you think they're implying so i might have an answer for that so and mike you kind of said this earlier about multiverse um multiverse is becoming a bigger deal in more mainstream media because comics are like prominent enough to where they can get the creative freedom to really dive into it even DC, they've been doing multiverse stuff since the 60s and 70s. You know, this isn't exactly a new thing. And Wait, they, when you say prominent in mainstream media, do you mean like movies and TV shows or just yes, in general? Movies okay. and TV shows. I think it's because Marvel movies have become so successful that they get to really experiment with multiverse theory. You weren't going to have mm-hmm. a 90s superhero movie just go for that. It's really ambitious. So, uh, But the comics, mm-hmm. they've been doing that since the 70s, literally where they have multiverse level conflicts in order to consolidate the ridiculous amount of storylines and timelines they have. And they were all on LSD at that time, so, you know. <laughs> so they could imagine all the timelines at once. Yeah. I'm in multiple timelines. Yeah, actually, though, but there's a huge Marvel <laughs> event that basically happens where it's basically the apocalypse for multiple actual, like, universe, like the main Marvel universe. Is that is called Secret 616. War? Uh, no, not, no, not Secret War. War is the Krell, The Scroll right? invasion. No, Skrull. this is like a different storylines different versions like the ultimates universe the regular mainstream it's like completely different timelines it's a way of them having like it's basically a multiverse conflict with characters from different realities different versions of doom the fantastic four like all the thanos all the heavy hitters going at it and it ends with the universe being recreated it's really out there fun Mm. to read though but my point is that that was literally them having a multiverse level war and conflict because there were so many realities that was causing problems so i don't know if that's just a wink wink nudge at the thing but maybe that's just way of saying a this is why you can't have excessive time travel stuff because in the comics at least it is conflict if you read the comics maybe you've heard of it but i thought it was a wink wink nudge nudge to that but even dc's done it they've reset their timeline so many times by having multiverse conflicts to kind of just 
hey, we need to tidy up the writing in all these different versions of characters. Well, it, it makes sense. Sense. So, like, for them, t- so, I, I, you know, one of the things I'm taking away from what you just said is in order to pull off the multiverse, it's an incredibly ambitious thing. And it's like, and it seems like if a good way to, you know, get people to that point is, you know, 50 million different TV shows that all touch on the multiverse and then movies and stuff like that. I mean, I think Endgame, Endgame sets us up for that, though. Right, this idea of like different actions, but that's not to that's not multi. I know, but that's not multiverse. That's like, yeah. Well, that no, it part, is. But these things are running in parallel, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is multiverse. In that so yeah, I think, right. I think, yeah, yeah. Right. I think they're building oh. on that in a in a much deeper way. Now we're getting to see like how oh, that yeah. works. But I think overall, I still dislike timeline stories or you know just anything with time travel. I feel like it just sort of opens up cans of worms that but time travel is solve typically yeah. not multiverse though time travel and most things we can agree right is just going back and forth in right. what we would call one timeline right. this the multiverse is, thing i'm looking at you to work with yeah and also like that by nature you're not introducing new characters because you're staying it's almost always those stories are now mm. the same version of characters at different times i think what they're going to be able to do now is bring in like savan was saying like all these crazy other characters yeah we'll see the other versions of spider-man in that movie probably so it is different in that way and i think yeah. i prefer it and i also am kind of sick of time traveling as a whole <laughs> but i think this I don't know if I call this time traveling. The Arrowverse does stuff like that, right? Like Supergirl doesn't actually live in the same universe as Flash and Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they have to cross over when they do their um, big crossover events. They actually have to somehow... The DC up. TV shows actually don't exist. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> yeah. They're not canon. They're, they're not in my timeline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one, one positive thing I want to say, because I was ragging on like the aesthetic of the time place, which, by the way, if it's not an allegory, that makes me dislike it more. So what I... What, I really want to talk about how much I loved. Um, so my biggest concern about the show was this is my Loki, biggest right? red flag. Yeah, the biggest thing was Loki. It's this okay. I was going to ask you about this. Y'all giving him back. Y'all giving us a version of him before he got literally any of his character development. Yeah, right? like he has gotten no meaningful development. He's still a huge butt, and I'm still. Deciding. <laughs> so what do you think? What you? I was I was going to ask you about this. Did you think they them did them doing like the real of his life and all that and showing it hey, was bro, so like, good. This, it was like, so good. It was good. And that's going to change him as a character. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like it was such an emotionally charged scene that it let makes him sense talk. that he would grow no, as a person. Let Sorry. him talk. No, 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 I agree. I agree with all that. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. My, but my, my, my concern is I'm still deciding if I buy it because that still was just like the equivalent of a few hours. Like if someone just now showed me in like an hour or two the rest of my life and how it ends, would I be very fundamentally different than I was now? Probably. But would I still be anything like the person at the end when I died? I just don't think so. Like, but I, I feel like it cheapens it a little bit because I'm like, you can't just watch your, you know, your dad saying you love you, your brother saying he loves you, and then you dying, and then suddenly that makes up for all those movies of character development that you get to see happen live. And I get what they're going for. I don't think I'm against it, but it still feels like this version that we get of Loki is still distinctly different character from the one who died in the movies and. I'm kind of just don't know how I feel about that. What what's always been true about uh Loki throughout all that character development is that he's always had that that seed of of heart. Uh and I I don't know, I think I, he's always been something of a conflicted character, uh particularly when it comes to him and his brother and and the rest of his family. So Agreed. I, you know, I I think though that element is is present in the version of Loki that we're seeing now. 
um, and and seeing his whole life flash before his eyes in the way that it was, it's it's going to exacerbate that seed that is already that already exists in that character. But I definitely agree with you that multiverses and stuff like even the way that you describe them in terms of the comics, it's really just a convenient way to to tie up loose ends. Uh, and mm-hmm. I hope they don't cheat us that way and that they do it more thoughtfully. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I give them a lot of leeway at this point. Here's why I th- and I actually meant to say this earlier, and I think when I was texting Savon about this, like it's not just that they did a good job of of moving the story forward and like catching everybody up in 30 minutes in a good way. I actually think they did a really good job of there. I think there are a lot of different ways that trying to catch Loki up in terms of his character development could have gone wrong. And I don't think you can do it effectively in any other way because the whole, like most of their one-on-one interaction was him asking that question, do you enjoy hurting people? Which was a great scene, great development. I mean, great acting from both of them. And it it. built up in a really meaningful way. So Loki, I think, obviously knew that there was that good inside of him. That just took a lot of movies to get to that point. But because Owen... Owen, What's the actor? What's the character's name? Mobius. Is it Mobius? Yeah. Yeah. Agent Mobius. Mobius. I like Mobius Strip. Yeah. Yeah. He knew it was in there because he can see where Loki gets to. So because he was able to push Loki in this obviously traumatic time for him, like that, and on top of that, like not just pushing him in terms of their conversation and like continually getting him to get to the point that he doesn't enjoy hurting people, but also letting him see what actually happens. Like that kind of makes sense in an organic way that Loki would kind of have like a moment there on top of like, he probably feels like his life is essentially over because he knows they can kill him at any time. So he doesn't have his power anymore. He is. Wait about that. One of the most, the, the times I laughed the hardest was him trying to summon the knives in the in the courtroom and he's oh, just yeah. like flexing his chest yeah oh my yeah. god i was dying it was so good and he just like committed As to it like the gym three times in a row. and that's another weird thing and this can be the last thing so it's like the character development has you know obviously taken a step back and like loki is now like the bad loki again but the actual tone of the character is exactly the same which is kind of weird like you compare the Loki at the beginning of this episode to the Loki in the Avengers, and it's two completely different characters, right? Even though thematically they should be the same, like they're Mm. at the same point, but the way they play the character now is so much more um, comedic. So I thought like- learned a lot. Well, he's so less powerful, he's so so much less powerful. Like like it's kind of, it's just one of those, it's just really a good way of showing, hey, you're outclassed here, bro. Like, Mm. And then, like, but to bring it back, like, because he realizes he's outclassed, like, doesn't that make him more vulnerable and more likely to kind of have this breakdown where he realizes he isn't a bad person? So it's like, it is hard to do fast, to do character development and fast forward, but I think this was the only way, this was the most effective way to do it, I would argue. I want a gif of him when he got the stones and saw him and was like, oh, this is just a thing full of time stones. Oh, bet. <laughs> Wait, does that mean that the TVA is, like, super powerful and can control infinity stones or does that mean that like they try to different exist outside of that yeah okay so uh, that's they, how they i exist outside of the universe is where those things uh have power i read because the neckbeards are really upset about that i think people that aren't have aren't like well referenced in the comics like feel like just like throwing infinity stones there is like oh well this was 10 years of marvel movies that you've essentially just thrown out the door like kind of like luke throwing the lightsaber and it does feel like that a little bit to me too 
But here's the thing. In the comics, the lore is that the Infinity Stones don't work outside of their universe. Mm. And they have shown, like, they made a point in, I don't know what the comic was, and if it was, if this show is based on that comic, I just saw a few panels of it, but, like, Loki's, like, in, an, in, a, in like, a cave, and there's just hundreds of Infinity Stones everywhere. So I think, like, it's also, like, you know, subverting kind of expectations and, like, you, what you, the rules of the, of the world building are. And if you can do that in an effective way that connects to the character development at the time, then, like, what better way to move on from the Infinity Saga than showing that it's all kind of pointless. <laughs> it reminds me of Matrix 2. No, that's the thing. It's, it's, fu- it's, like, it's the futility of it. And like, that's the only way you can... But you we've have seen to... that they're not pointless. I mean, you can't no, be like, but, oh, they're pointless. But n- not, but in the... In the context this, of these the characters. What this, in this, in the yeah, what this show is trying... What they're tasked with now is they had 10 years of building up to essentially like a world, a, un- a galaxy defying event, you know? Right. Yeah, so yeah. now it's I like, how do we, do. how do we yeah. raise the stakes? And the only way to do that is being like, oh, well, that actually in the grand scheme of things isn't, you know, that significant and a really good way to do that early on, which also connects with what I'm saying in terms of setting up the multiverse. Like that was almost just like saying goodbye to the last saga of just being like, okay, the stakes are way higher now. The Infinity Stones don't really matter as much. Yeah, yeah I wonder phase, if it's higher two or has if different it's rules. different. I think yeah. different. I think different more than higher. I think is a better way. I still agree though that it's a good way of like showing that the Infinity Stones aren't the only ultimate power in the universe or high cool. power. It doesn't mean they're irrelevant, better, worse, but like you know, context. In the context of these people, hey, Loki, yo, whatever was- you about to do, it's not happening. Hey, so can we uh, talk a little bit about Mobius's case that he needs Loki's help on? He's he reveals at the end of the episode that he's actually chasing another Loki. Yeah, uh, who's killing people across time? I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, also trying to like erase certain versions of it, maybe because he's stealing those um, those bombs, those time bombs. The ones oh, that they that seem to use doing? pretty recklessly or pretty casually. There were several points where they were like lazy cops. Was eh. That's too much work. Just reset it. Yeah, Very yeah. Men in Black. Yeah, I I think it's that she Loki, right? I think I because so? they made a point to not show the face. I think this is going to be the first. I'm actually calling it now, and we're going to do another episode, and I'm going to be right. I think this is going to be the first example of like a, a old other universe version of the character because we thought we got that in Wanda. Remember with the the X Men guy. And we kind of mm-hmm. did her brother or whatever. Yeah. I think this is going to, and they teased us there the same way they teased us in um, Spider-Man. I think this is going to be the first actual like multiverse version. And I think it'll be She-Loki. Yeah, Calling I think, it now. I've been watching some YouTube. Can we not say She-Loki? What's the, comic, the character like, called? Loki. In it's the just comic, Loki. Yeah, right? In the yeah. comic, uh, it doesn't but exist isn't a period of time where Loki's She-Hulk? just a woman. Yeah, but She-Hulk's uh, a different person. She-Hulk yeah, is literally Bruce character. Banner's cousin. Yeah. But there's a whole extended uh, run where Loki's okay. just a woman, and it's just like you're still still uh, Loki. It's just Loki is a woman. Yeah. Okay. Well, excuse the name. Compared to like Lady Thor, which is actually a different person. But uh, isn't there a Thor who is a lady? Yes, a different person. That's uh. But that's just Thor. But that's not Lady oh. Thor. She's just Thor. Yeah, but no. she assumes the mantle of Thor. It's a title. It becomes a that's title. Okay. different. Yeah. Interesting. I feel yeah, like from a practical standpoint, and the MCU is running into this point or this problem where. You know, all their actors are just going to age out of these characters. So they mm-hmm. need to find a convenient way to replace them. 
Uh, so they're doing it with the multiverse. They're doing it with, uh, you know, Sam Wilson taking on the mantle. Lots of different things. I'm okay with uh, that. Yeah, but that's so a comic thing. Yeah. we're going to see, yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to see variations of, of a lot of characters that we've known for a decade and they're, they're going to start to look different. I mean, they've also confirmed Young Avengers, so it's also going to be yeah. these characters' protégés. So your boy with, from uh, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is going to definitely pop back up. And uh, what's her Who? name? Eli, oh, the one yeah. Isaiah Bradley son, yeah, or, uh, grandson. Eli, he's he's Patriot. Yeah, he's Patriot. Probably Kamala Khan on the Miss Marvel show. Yeah, yeah. um, and uh, Hawkeye's daughter. Oh, uh, Kate yeah. Bishop. I don't think it's his yeah. daughter, but protege. Uh, but she's gonna be. She's gonna yeah. be in his show. Yeah. But Marvel's yeah. always been known for doing like the mantle passing characters. So like, if this is a natural progression of the movies, it really just shows how prominent the movies have begun to where you even get to be in that territory, which I think is a good thing because. Yeah, she tells some special. cool, fun stories. Going back to what Brian was asking about in terms of the things, um, I, I don't have a prediction. I, I think the the YouTube video, uh, you know, talking heads did did seem to hint that that maybe it's going to be the the Loki, the the girl version of Loki or woman version of Loki. But I think in I think it was New Rockstars they pointed out that by showing um, showing Loki his future. And knowing that if he commits to returning back to his timeline or like establishing the sacred timeline as the one, he ensures that he's going to die a pretty painful death. He's going to ensure that his mom dies and he's going to ensure that his dad dies. And so Owen Wilson needing his help is now putting himself in a pickle, right? By saying like, I need your help, but if you help me, like your entire family is going to die. Right or everyone you loved and yourself are gonna die, and that makes Loki a lot All less likely. To plan. Yeah, that makes Loki <laughs> a lot less willing to help. Right, and of course we know Loki's pretty selfish. He wants, you know, he's he's out for himself most of the time, um, and so they created this like weird bit of tension in which getting Loki's help and and breaking him down and telling him like, you know, there's there's good in you, also means that Loki is now like, wait a second, if I help you, this is gonna mean the end of me. In a very short order, so um, I, I like that they that new rockstars pointed that out, and I want to see where they go with that. So if if the TVA and the Timekeepers were basketball fans, they'd be Sixers fans, right? Trust the process. <laughs> exactly. They'd be more like old school <laughs> Knicks fans. No, in terms yeah, let's, of not, just no, let's not do it. Reputation not, and no, complacency and we're stagnation. Not we're not doing this. Cue outro music. <laughs> who's, who's Loki in this? He's just out for himself. He would be... Literally James Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> He's destined with the task of ruling in greatness. All but, right. you know... <laughs> am I am I correct that all three of you are pretty excited about where the show's going to go? Mm-hmm. Are any of Savant, you like... Savant's eh, like, tepid. Savant's, uh, Savant's tepid. I'm, I'm cautiously curious. I just okay. have questions and I'm curious to see how they're going to answer them, but... I don't dislike it, and I think, yeah, the Loki acting, the acting is great, which is what I'm excited about. It's we'll see great. about how they do the whole story. Okay, I feel like the top to bottom, like the quality of all the is higher of the than show. either yeah. than either of them. Yeah, like yeah. by far, by the far. best of yeah. the shows. So far. I 100 percent agree with that. I think this one has been a step up. Um, I'm loving it. I love everything that you're doing so far. We'll see if that continues, or if I get frustrated that they haven't answered all my questions by next episode. I have to wait a week to see what happens. It's the worst. There's only six episodes. I'm trying my best to not fall into that. I'm like, all right, Simone, be patient. 
Let's see what they do. <laughs> Excellent. You're turning into Wes. Love the- it. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbing off on him. Um, this week Ew. on Thursday, Ratchet and Clank was released for the PS5. Maybe one of the first really um, kind of generation pushing, envelope pushing games um, for the PS5 that's been uh, hyped. Mike bought it me and me and savan are still working on breath of the wild so neither of us have got it and savan is not a hype beast anyway so he wasn't gonna get it right away savan is working on like five different games let's be clear i mean i'm still working on getting a ps5 i'm (laughs) (laughs) really guys i'm really loving breath of the wild right now like i i keep trying to get to the fourth divine beast and i keep getting caught I keep getting caught in these side quests that I come across, and I'm like, Let's "Well, go. I guess I got to do it's this about, now." That's what it's about. Journey. Man. <laughs> it's about and then like, I'm the like, "Well, vibes. now I got to go get more durians because I got to get more health." So now I got to go over here, and then I'm like, "Wait, you know, part of this, I I love this growth for you. Like, is Breath of the Wild gonna be a part of your Hot Boy Summer journey? <laughs> like, let's go. Part of the map is still not not um." not viewable for me yet you know like i haven't unlocked it yeah, uh, via the yeah. towers and i'm, yeah. big, I'm like can i really get to the fourth divine beast without unlocking all of the map you yeah know, like, that's kind of a go. shame like do it, <laughs> I, do love it. This. I love this i mean i totally do could it. right you can actually just go to the divine beast you know you, where it is because you, you can go straight to ganon man you can do yeah you could be with a stick somebody go straight to ganon yeah beat him with a stick beat him with crazy man there's no way man i'm still dying to the lionels those guys. Uh, I didn't even fight them. I just, I just, just run. <laughs> I've beaten two of yeah. them so far. Two of them, and it's right, tough. Well, man. Look, I love, I love okay. this for you. But Anyways, Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank, tell us how it is, Mike. I'm gonna time you. Can you tell us about it in three minutes without any spoilers and just giving us the hype about it? Yeah, I, it does everything it was hyped up to do. The graphics are crazy, cutscenes and in-game. Um, the combat is really fun which mode are you playing on performance ray tracing which is also in in the insomniac spider-man games like half resolution but full yeah i i it's 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 60 frames per second with some ray tracing elements and then i think 1080p or the god rays (laughs) i don't know what the the reference that was but nothing it's just uh it's the puddles a thousand dollars and now i can see my reflection in this range rock yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you're the only one with the pc here <laughs> right and I'm my PC. <laughs> yeah um no it's cool man i haven't done too there are some aspects of the game that are clearly only possible because of the PS5 hardware. Um, like, there's a ton of stuff on screen. Like, when you're in a city, like, there are a ton of cars. There is one, like, th- one of the main traversal things is, like, going through portals. And the way they do that is genuinely trippy because it just hasn't happened in games before because the hardware hasn't enabled it. Like, portaling and the, just having the just the world instantly load is really weird to my brain because it's not something you've ever got to do interactively so that i highly recommend if you turn around and look back through the portal it's not no it's it's solely movement so it's like you you like you see it and you can like tap on that and then your character like goes through through it right but if you did a 180 is the portal behind you you? can't see through yeah yeah being the same they're in the same spot it's like a it's like a 
uh, freaking Morty portal gun. Yeah, it's almost like think about like Uncharted. It's like, oh, I can like you know hit my grappling hook over there. But instead of that, it's I can instantly teleport over there. Right. So my question is, when you go through the portal into the next, you can world, turn around. Can you and turn around and there. jump right back? See the remnants of the other. World. You can see no. You can see the other one. It's like jump points essentially. So mm-hmm. it's like cool for combat because like if you're fighting a boss that's shooting a ton of stuff at you, I can just teleport over there, shoot him a bunch, get his attention, teleport back. Oh, it is genuinely so cool. it is genuinely weird it is genuinely weird because i'm telling you like your brain doesn't process like being <laughs> in that new area like that because you're so used to like the schema of video games of like it has to load and i have to get over there so being able to do that instantly is really weird um there were a few cutscenes, like one that's in all the trailers that they use to demonstrate like oh we can instantly load new environments like the first time that happened was also really weird, but more kind of understandable because it's a cutscene. It's not something you're doing interactively. Honorable mention, and this will be the last thing I will say, and it's something that I think is underrated about the PS5 generation and is wasn't something people were talking about. The haptics and the controller, it's just constant. Like even in cutscenes, it makes cutscenes better. Like I find myself holding my, because I'm used to putting my controller down during a cutscene. You hold it because the things that are happening on screen are replicated in the controller. And they use it in genuinely, you know, interesting ways with the combat. So each gun essentially uses the triggers in a different way. So like um, the first gun you get, you can hold it down halfway and it just shoots a slow rate. You can pull it down. It shoots a fast rate. The shotgun, you could pull it down halfway to shoot one barrel. You can pull it down fully to shoot double. So it's just like all those different things that just comes together to really feel like a next-gen game, which is such a cliche at this point. It's like, oh, it really feels like a next-gen game, or you really <laughs> feel like Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> but they did everything they said they were going to do, so it's it's just, it's you, everybody should play it. It's not a long game. It's like a 10-hour-ish game, but it's just so worth it. It's so cool, and I'm, I'm excited to keep playing. Is the story cool? Yeah, the story's really good. And the the so the last one they put out was like a game about the movie, which is a movie about a game. So the comedy kind of filled flat through all those filters, essentially. Um, but this one is just like a true like next step in the story, and it's really good. And it's really funny too. The comedy's really good. Cool, Brian. So like with the uh, with the haptics uh, and the different trigger sensitivities, do mm-hmm. they do they set you up that? you have to you know you have to figure out like which one to use and no it tells uh, you it tells you so it's like half push for this full push for that it's very much in like the game design and weapon design but like the uh the boss battles or the the enemies like they require a certain type of shotgun blast versus a different one or or you're trying to like conserve it's it's very much like your personal feel like the game is a has a shit ton of weapons that's always been a part of Ratchet and Clank, but now it's like each weapon essentially has a few different modes. So I'd, I, maybe they'll get to a point where it's like you have to use this part, this this aspect of this weapon, but I don't think that's really like their MO. It's more so just like you got to go beat this thing. You have all these different weapons. And then you can also, they have, have a pretty robust, it. yeah, they have a pretty robust upgrade system and that also impacts it what the triggers will do you know if you upgrade a gun to a certain point then maybe the trigger will function differently which is also so cool right like the actual yeah. hardware works differently as you're progressing the weapon it's it's so cool yeah question this is my question so i didn't play ranch and clank growing up but i've played those kinds of like me neither sony yeah. platformer especially like that 90s anthropomorphic animal you know spiral oh dragon. can i say something about that before you finish just because it's really what, cool what the word anthropomorphic 
No, the <laughs> oh. like Spyro and whatnot. Yeah. There's yeah. because it's the multiverse. There's a weapon where you open a portal and it brings in shit from other PlayStation games. So you can bring in like a Thunderjaw from oh, HCD. Oh, that's so cool. You can open one and Sly Cooper comes through. Oh, I, love Dang, I can't even yell spoilers because I said I wouldn't play this game for eons. That's <laughs> no, that's like in, and that's not. And that's I haven't sick. Ex- so, that's so cool, right? That's sick. So okay, so this is my question. A lot of those games that was a genre from twenty twenty five years ago, and sure. sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like those games fell out of prominence because they ultimately became really dated. Where when it's all said and done, it's a platformer. You have some basic moves you can do. I know Ratchet and Clank was better because they had the robust weapons, even the older games. But I feel like sometimes this style of platformer, cartoony action game, just like maybe that's a stagnant genre. Do you feel like this game, in terms of just the gameplay, the mechanics, it seems like the portal stuff is obviously the next top tier stuff. Mm-hmm. Does it feel dated, like you're playing an older game, but with amazing? You get the question. You get the question. No, yeah, but you, you, how many first-person shooters do you play? A lot, yeah. and how much has that changed over time? You know, like at a at a certain point, a platform. Yeah, but I stopped playing shooters because I stopped playing shooters that weren't multiplayer for that exact reason. True, like true. multiplayer is the only reason I entertain any shooters, if that. You know, so like that's kind of my point of I stopped playing COD and all that because I was like, eh. What, what what can you do to make this fresh and different? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's a good question. I guess what I'll say is like a platformer will always be a platformer, right? You're always jumping up. But it's what you have around that, you know? So it's when the graphics are beautiful, the combat is fun and engaging. Um, you don't mind like the normal plat. Like it's like it's 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 always going to be the same forever. It's jump up here or there's two walls and you do a wall jump to get up there. Or you hit on a thing. But it's also like they've done that. They have particularly done that so well over time that I don't think it feels flat. Who's they? Insomniac? Yeah. Okay. No. Nah, cool. That's just a real question. I just, you know, no, it's a good question. I, and I again, like I, what I'll say is that if they didn't do everything else so well, it might feel flat. But I never even really considered that. Like, is the the main gameplay yeah. loop boring? It's not. Yeah, like the new Modern Warfare, beautiful graphics. The campaign's fun to play. Beautiful graphics. It doesn't introduce anything new to the shooter genre at all, outside of great visual production value, which I like. But I don't want to play a game that's not fun to play through multiple times. And I've never found myself compelled to play like a COD campaign more than once compared to like halo that's kind of like that that quote like whatever like there's only two stories you know Mm -hmm. in in all of fiction (laughs) it's also like there's only like five genres of video games and it's just what we're gonna (laughs) oh my god that this is a delay troll like tchaikovsky or something tolstoy is that karl marx Look, you have open world, you have you have platformer, you have sports game, you have first person shooter, you have like linear action adventure game. That's it. That's just all your games. Put them into the Infinity Console. (laughs) 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 All right, bet. All right, well that'll take us out. Um, Thanks, Mike, for your first impressions. I actually do think that'll be probably my next game once I'm. get through breath of the wild here in the next few days um i, w- I really want to spend one does not see. get through breath of the wild it does when you're on a, trying to get this switch back years, to bk yes. i'm really trying to get I'm, <laughs> i've been hogging it for almost a month i feel kind of bad. shout out friend of the show BK, hey bk you're uh have this journey yeah man it's it's been great i really appreciate it um all right so that'll take us out follow us on twitter instagram at confidently underscore pod this has been fun. I'm really looking forward to where they go with Loki in the next few weeks um, and checking out that Ratchet and Clank. We're out. Yeah.
Do you guys have questions for him? For Mike? Yeah, about, about Ratchet, and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. It's like, why are you balding so fast, bro? Oh. Do you want us to ask you about all your insecurities, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Mike has uh, none. Confident. All the I time. hear you have small feet. Tell us about that. <laughs> no, that's the one thing I barely said. <laughs> have you ever heard that uh, John Mulaney bit when he's talking about, like, uh, he's like, you know, I'm not really scared of anybody except adolescent kids because everyone else will be mean to you, but they'll be mean to you in a very specific way. So I was walking down a street and a gang of 14-year-old <laughs> boys were like, wow, look at him. He has really feminine hips. And like, no, that's the one thing I'm really sensitive about. 